Helmets and Heels, <laughs> built by DreamFinders Homes, Yippee! is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. Hey, ladies. Hello. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. We have a lot to get to tonight, so let's kick things off. With the Jaguars replacing the fired Bob Babich by promoting from within and putting in place old or former, I was going to say old, old sounds mean, former defensive line coach Todd Wash. When you first found out the news, obviously I was relieved that at least someone was in place, but when you first found out the news, how'd you feel? Whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. Okay. It wasn't bothering me that they weren't having one. It didn't bother me. It doesn't affect me anyway. Four games into it, if the defense is sucking, then it'll bother me. But, okay, let's see what he can do. I know that they're good friends, so that may help. They often get mistaken for each other by commentators. We'll see. I I mean, I have no problem towards it. I have no strong feelings in either direction. All right. I echo Donna's sentiment, but I just wonder if he was the planned replacement, why didn't they just promote him to begin with? That was my only question about it. And obviously they wanted to do their research and talk to as many people as possible. Um, One of the things when I found out that Gus Bradley had Todd Wash in all the interviews, Mm -hmm. I thought that was very strange. Um, Just because I think for the incoming people, those those guys interviewing for the position, they know that their competition is sitting right there. And I think that can almost mess with your head a little bit. Um, so I, I didn't love that aspect, but I think that's why is Gus really did want to talk to people. And they say that, you know, they can glean stuff from other people about schemes and mm-hmm. personnel and stuff like that. Um, Amanda, you were there when Todd Wash spoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a really passionate guy. Gus Bradley calls him very aggressive. And it was actually funny to listen to Gus talk about that being unconventional of having Todd Wash in on the interviews. And even Todd Wash was like, why? Like his first <laughs> question was, why do you want me in on these? Awkward. Um, right. But. Bradley described him as not having a big ego. So he's like, listen, I knew he wouldn't have an issue with this. He wants what's best for the team, whether we uh, promote him or hire someone else. But um, Todd Wash is respected by his players, so it's awesome. For me, the defensive coordinator is big, but it's not as big as the players. So free agency is huge. The draft is huge. Uh, the defense as a whole is is huge. And uh, his success will depend on the players. Ultimately. Don't you think it does, actually, now that it is Wash's job, it makes sense that they put him in the interviews? Because after they would interview the candidates, wouldn't they turn to each other and be like, okay, so tell me, what did you think about his plan and blah, 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 and what would he do with that? And Well, I don't agree with this, and I don't agree with that. So Gus was maybe turning it around and making it a whole interview process for him, for Wash, in the yeah, same Yeah, I sense. think it was both if that makes sense because i think gus was considering bringing someone new in but it kind of does make sense to just keep someone that already knows your scheme you've been working with him for years Mm -hmm. from north dakota state to tampa to seattle he's they've been together for all these years so um i think that that had a lot to do with it and also knowing the defense and and Gus also wants to be more involved with the defense, and I think he knows he can do that with Wash, whereas if he brought someone new in, there might not be that opportunity because that coordinator would want it to be for just them. One of the things that I read was that the players are really happy, and I thought to yeah. myself, is that a good thing? Do I really want these players happy? I actually say. True. No, then they really like him, yeah. but, but thinking of it just from a fundamental standpoint, like I don't care if the players are... right. 
frustrated by who's hired. If they, I don't care if they don't like him, you know, as much as Todd, Todd, as much as Tom Coughlin was, you know, kind of held at that arm's length as a coach. Like, I really don't care about that part of it because what we had didn't work. Yes, the run game got better. I understand statistically they improved a lot, but overall it wasn't a good unit. And then another question that I kind of came to was, and I do have strong feelings about it. I, I don't think when you fire someone with more experience that you replace from and promote from within. I just think that that's kind of going against the system. Do I think that predicts that Todd Wash isn't going to be good? No. I just think that if you're getting rid of someone that's been, you know, a mentor to you, go outside and try to get in another mentor or something like that instead of someone that's really worked under you for a long time. But here was the question that I came up with is, and, you know, reading all the reports from Ryan O'Halloran and, um, you know, Hayes Carline and stuff that covered the Jags. Why, if this was your plan, and not saying that Todd Wash was the plan all along, but if you realize that your defense wasn't good midway through the season, why not make the change then? And then whomever you put in place at that point, then you have all these games to evaluate and then further stats to evaluate and things like that. Instead of, okay, now the season's over. Yeah, you know, it wasn't good. And now we have to put a brand new person and we have nothing to go by. It almost feels like it's reactionary. Like we didn't get the guy that we wanted and now we're just going to hire from within and then we're going to extend Gus for another year because it might look, might not look good for free agents. So it all feels very reactionary to me. It's not proactive. And if Wash was the guy the whole time, then why didn't you promote him from the beginning? And why didn't you make that midseason change? Like you said, Lauren, if, it, if things were struggling, why didn't you make the adjustments? Yeah, well, and that's where you can say that Maybe the injuries play a part in that. All right. Well, maybe because we don't have, and maybe it started with Fowler. We don't have Fowler, so we know that, you know, the defensive end position isn't going to be as strong. And then we got some injuries to secondary, and then this, and then that. And so maybe it was just like, well, let's collectively see how we finish off. And then if it's still not working, then just get rid of them. But discipline was a big problem for this team as well. They're, they're highly penalized, and it... it that those come from the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So that's what I don't understand. Even the players that are on the field, why weren't they coached better? That that's and, and maybe that's you know a question for somebody who's experienced in actual coaching. Right. But I just don't understand if you know the adjustments need to be made and you're not making them, what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. And your team, Donna Prove today that injuries. Oh, peace out, offensive line. Exactly. Coach. We yeah. don't care if you had the most uh, no, no. number of offensive line changes and all that stuff. You're gone. You didn't Me perform. Up. So I don't know. I guess I kind of at times I like that. Now, just on the positive side, because I don't always like to be negative. Todd Wash has you know trained under some really good people. He was under Pete Carroll. He was under Monty Kiffin. So there is certainly, and I really like the guy. I've gotten to meet him and talk to him before, and so I really like him. I hope the best. It just the whole process to me. I just wanted to ask those questions to see what y'all thought because those were a lot of my concerns it's going It's almost in. like dating someone and like interviewing other candidates before you decide, okay, I'll marry you. But having him there yes. while you're dating exactly. the other one. Is that not normal? <laughs> I don't think so. Joking. All right, so Donna Murphy's team lost this past weekend. The Panthers destroyed the Cardinals and there was a lot more as far as sideline stories that we're going to get to. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL 92.5 FM. So I'm not sure if y'all know this, but uh, the Super Bowl is set. Yep. Super Bowl 50? Super Bowl 50. Never thought that. 
Isn't it wild? Did you know that that game, the Broncos-Patriots game, got a rating of 31? 31. That means, like, all the NBA Finals and the World Series Finals, you could add all seven games up and combine them, still wouldn't get that rating. Wow. Football dominates, y'all. That's the bottom line. That's why all those advertisers pay the buku bucks. 31. Which, uh, today I read a story. It's kind of long, that's why I didn't send it out to y'all, but it's like the behind the scenes, and you may have already seen it, the behind the scenes of the Fox broadcast that the Monday morning quarterback team went and Mm -hmm. did from Sports Illustrated, and it takes you through a few, it's not every moment of it, but it takes you through from like Thursday to after the game, and the read is fascinating with how much preparation goes in. Joe Buck said that about 10% of his notes will make it on air. Oh, wow. On any given game. That makes me feel a lot better about all the notes I write. (laughs) Well, and I remember like talking to Jessica Blaylock, you know, now sideline reporter for the Panthers and the Marlins. Um, she always said she had tons and tons and tons of notes that never made it. And I always thought, oh, that must be an exaggeration. But yeah, 10%. Wow. So you know that like anything can happen in one of those games and they're prepared. And then the other interesting tidbit was Mike Pereira normally is at his home in California. So when they need to conference call him they have to make sure he saw the play they have to see if he's available the producer has to call his producer there they have to line it all up then you know cue it in so it's a process which is why it made me feel better when you're watching and it takes so long for them to get him on because you're like well why wouldn't they they normally go to him on Right. Well, because there's so many different games going on at once during the regular season. Oh, I guess. So for Super Bowl or for the playoffs right. or the conference championship game, he was actually like in the Fox broadcast booth when the Panthers and Cardinals played. Yeah, sure. So I love that kind of stuff. Me Seeing, too. Like, behind the scenes. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. And, um, and the other final thing from it was um, Aaron Andrews, the sideline reporter on the A team for Fox as if not everyone knows who she is. Um, she saw the pregame bat incident that happened with Josh Norman and Odell Beckham Jr. from the Giants. And she said some, I don't think she said anything about it to any of the producers and things like that because she didn't obviously know what it was going to lead to. And so then after the game, she was kicking herself that they yeah. didn't have that on tape or something. Because what she will do, and I didn't know this part, she's not just looking for her own hits. She will like literally run around and, if she sees something, she'll have a camera get on it. And so she's like constantly talking to the producer and she'll also give them information for their broadcast too. So they said like, you may not hear her very often, but she's constantly giving us stuff. And she's like, you know, a lot of people think that my job is just to chase injury reports. And that's, you know, just a very small part of what I do, which I found also really interesting. I actually thought about that during the game because I think we only saw her like once. Uh And I was like, hmm, that's odd. I wonder why, but now I know she was busy. And I I learned that she was wearing a self-heating hunting vest underneath her like goose jacket that she wore because obviously they were having a snow. Wow, I gotta get one of those. I know, right? That's what I was like. Hey, for what? Jacksonville? Did you not feel the temperatures (laughs) this past weekend? It was forty degrees. Toughen up. Thirty degrees. (laughs) For like Ish. two minutes. There was white stuff on my Listen, car in the yard. said it, it snowed here on Jack on it Saturday. It is. It's such a lie. No, there was no floor. My name is Tampa. It's your snow winter. I When the fluffy flurries hit my windshield <laughs> and then they turn into water, I know that it's fluffy flurries. Yes. I didn't see that them. Fast. Fluffy flurries, right? <laughs> yeah. That's so, fun. so Donna, one of the storylines that came out of the Patriots and the Broncos, uh, Frank mentioned one of them is the fact that Gronkowski was open on the mm-hmm. two-point conversion, which some people saw live, some people didn't. But another story is Tablet Gate. 
And it, we 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 have to at least mention it for people who don't know the Patriots Microsoft tablets. Um, you're welcome, Microsoft, that I actually mentioned your brand name with the tablet. <laughs> what um, great strategy that they that the Patriots tablets stopped working. So Patriots fans, of course, on Twitter said that Roger Goodell was involved, the commissioner <laughs> of the NFL. And I want to get your thoughts since you're a Patriots fan. Is that how ludicrous? These fans need to have their fan card pulled because it's just so moronic. First of all, what you don't know or if you didn't pay attention because they said on the sidelines, if the other side's not working, the other side can't use theirs. No, no, no. That's only pregame. That's only pregame? If during, because I I wrote it down, because when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's really strange. That's what, yeah. If if both sides aren't working, or if one side isn't working before the game, then both sides can't use them. But if it malfunctions in the middle Middle. of a game, that's when. Either way, that's just Belichick said that's happened before. He's like, that happens all the time. Yeah. And it happens. at Microsoft. (laughs) (laughs) Headsets go out all the time. The only thing that I mentioned and laughed about was, oh boy, if this was in Foxborough, this would be a whole story. But well, it's still a story. I thought it was a little. I thought it was a little. I mean, because I, I like the Patriots, but whenever the whole headset gate happened and <laughs> headsets are <laughs> malfunctioning, yeah. that it, Bill Belichick said we have a plan for when the headsets go down. So if our headsets ever go down, we know what to do. I wonder if they had a plan in place for the tablets to go down. You just go back to old school when they print out papers and you're and, looking through the binder. But do you think that the printers were there and ready? Because like, I don't plays see after plays. I, yeah, like, I don't see those on the sidelines like, anymore. If you think that the tablets had anything to do with that, oh, not no. at all. Horrible offensive line. No. 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 So no, this this story is just morons out there. That's all it is. It's just I think the it's moron funny. fans. I just like how we get to throw gate on the stuff. Yep. Every yes. table gate. <laughs> you know what's funny? I didn't even know what that meant at first. I was like, table gate. What, That's when what was I there a said. table? <laughs> right. Well, I was like, what is this table gate? That's thing? what I thought it said too. Yeah. Caitlin, my cousin, first said um, deflagate when deflagate came out. Deflagate. So I literally now, because we joked about it for so long, I now have to think on how to say deflagate because we used to always call it deflagate as a joking way. What were you going to say, Blythe? That's so great. Oh, did you see um, Von Miller's Mm -hmm. little tweet afterwards and he said the ball feels a little flat talking about I did not. I guess it was one of the he balls that he that. intercepted. He's like, oh, it was a little no. flat. <laughs> I thought it was thank crazy. Thank you, Baltimore, and thank you, Colts. We're never going to live that one down. Oh, speaking of which, did you see that? Um, is it Nesson? Is that how you pronounce it? Or yeah, Nesson. Nesson. They put out a story like the very next day, and they're like, hmm, we're not top of the list for teams that cheat because there's that website that says my or your team cheats. Right. Who's at the top right it's now? It's Denver Broncos. Oh. have been at the top for years. That's right. That's right. Patriots are way down, like middle of the list. Interesting. I thought it was crazy that after watching the Jags-Texans game, to then learn that Tom Brady was hit more against the Broncos than any quarterback has been this entire season, including that, that game, when it crazy. felt like Blake was constantly yeah. picking grass out of his face mask. You know, and it's the one thing that I have to say, there's many reasons why I love you know the Pats and, and Brady. It's in my blood, I have to. Um, but... <laughs> They were talking about on the drill how, or, or on primetime, how much fun it is to watch him, you know, get hit and fall because he's so gangly and weird. But one of the things you don't know is that's something he practices. Last offseason, he practiced nonstop in the proper way when you're getting hit on how to fall so you don't get injured. Yeah. Sure, because I one time was running backwards. This is the exact same kind of thing. Of course um, it is. In, in seventh grade, <laughs> I was running backwards across a basketball court and we were doing a relay. And the last part of the relay, I was the anchor and I was running you know, backwards. And 
I fell trying to, of course, go too fast and landed on my wrists, which uh, you should never. You right. should always land on your bottom. <laughs> but I had never done that before. It landed on my wrist, broke one and sprained the other uh, the exact same time, which wow. I tell you what, when you get to the hospital and you have to try to go to the bathroom and oh, you no. can't use either wrist, <laughs> you have to ask for someone to come help pull your shorts down. Let's just, you know, let well, you know what. Yeah. What happens? Like, so anyway, stories like that make lead me to say and make me want to emphasize how tough some of these guys are thomas davis for the panthers broken arm arm, and he says nothing's keeping him out of the super bowl and one of his teammates said you're gonna have to take all of his jerseys including the ones he has at home before he doesn't (laughs) play him yeah Yeah, i love it except like it just have you ever had a broken arm i cringe oh my gosh i oh it's just an arm though if it was a concussion (laughs) i'd be like okay he needs to like sit out because this could be detrimental for his future just an arm just just an arm arm. nhl players play with broken ribs all the time i think three broken ribs amanda you bowed out of a friendly (laughs) beach flag football practice because you landed on your hip and got a bruise for the record, I'll say two things. Contusion is the proper word, right? Record, contusion. She's not an NFL player. For the record, my deep hip contusion is still black and purple. This happened two weeks ago. The second thing I will say is I do not get paid millions of dollars to land on my hip. I'm, I'm wondering I'm if the millions of dollars would have changed anything, but I do feel bad that you still are dealing with that. I still have a bruise. All right. So when it comes to Cam Newton and watching the Panthers... He was, I thought, A, electrifying, and B, looking like he was having the most fun ever. And he said that... What are you laughing I'm at? I'm laughing at Donna. Why? Because she hates Cam. <laughs> I'm just glassed over at his face. having the most fun. I'm like, his fire coming through my eyes. such an ass. Cam Newton's um, idol was Warren Moon. And he said that Warren Moon never looked like he was having any fun whatsoever. And so he makes a point to go out there. And that smile, obviously, is ear to ear. And he said that when he's at the midfield line and they're, you know, on offense, obviously he's the quarterback, um, that he can see the kids start filing down he from can, their he seats. Sees that? He can see that. He wow. can see them filing down from their seats to line up to try to win a ball, yeah. which the whole time I That's was watching, cool. the cameras don't necessarily show that. So the whole time I was watching, I was like, how do these kids have such great seats? I'm like getting angry. That's like that seven-year-old gets like a... $2,000 seat and they're only seven and then I learned that they come down from they above. Down. <laughs> Did you see the guy fall? Yes. That was pretty funny. When no. he yeah. ran it in for the pick six, <laughs> a guy was so excited. I still don't know if someone pushed him or if he was just so excited that he fell off and Keekly goes up to him like, hey dude, you alright? Is everything okay? <laughs> he's busy like high-fiving yeah. and then all of a sudden he's like, oh wow, there's a fan on the ground. <laughs> Somehow I missed that. I freaking love Luke Keekley. Oh, he's he's great. Phenomenal. First uh, linebacker ever to have picks in two consecutive games. It might even be actually I think it's pick sixes in two consecutive games. Either one of those stats is close enough. Where do you go to college, Lauren? Uh, Boston College. Okay. ACC. Just testing you. <laughs> you you know you can test me. I know. Cam Newton uh, went to Auburn, but via Florida SEC. Okay. So Speaking of the that. draft, yes. did you guys know that Cam Newton was taken first overall in 2011? Mm-hmm. Von mm-hmm. Miller was taken second overall in that same draft, and this is going to be the first Super Bowl <laughs> where the one and two picks will play against each other. Go get him, Von. And the other fun stat, Cam Newton was nine years old when Peyton Manning made his debut. No way. Yep. They are 13 years yep. and 48 days apart. Yep, exactly. Holy so that's crap. not. All right, uh, quick update on our bet. 
uh, Amanda has yet to lose a game, nice. which uh, makes right. me so angry. That's right. Yes. When I asked her last week who she was picking, she didn't know. And then when I asked her who she picked, she had to refer back to the sheet. It's like that person who joins a fantasy football league, never playing before, and, and wins. wins. You're right. Listen, something has to be said for winning every single playoff game. Absolutely. You are winning the bet. That's what has to be said. And I'm so Donna, excited. are you in second place? I, I never believe? win anything. This is the <laughs> best and two. time four of my and life. Two. I don't know what that is. We're the same record. Okay. I picked the Broncos, and then you picked Carolina, and I picked the Cardinals foolishly. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, we're all four and two. Okay. But she's six and oh. Right. Like, we're not, we're ignoring the blonde. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, the blonde to my right. That's basically no, it. No, wait. You were, you've only had one loss, no. right? No, I picked she uh, picked the Patriots. Cardinals and, yeah. Oh, oh. So yeah, three way tie. Holy crap! Yeah. So the, who we pick? Well, one of us is going to lose. She's is going to matter. Except obviously, if we pick the same team, which we'll do our picks next week. But if we pick the same team, then obviously we'll have a tiebreaker, and whoever right. gets uh, the farthest away from the score. Okay, but there are only will be two the loser. teams. Okay. Only two teams play in the Super Bowl. Right. I said, assuming so, we all pick three. the same oh, okay. team. Yeah, uh, us three, because you've already won. Yeah, you're you're the winner. You're the winner. Wait, can you tell me that again? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, when we come back, we are going <laughs> to tell you how our opinion of the Jags has changed after this past week. And you're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes on Tintin XL 92.5 FM. It's just one of them days when I want to be all alone. It's just one of them days. When I gotta be all alone, it's just one of them. And heels. Built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Hey, Blythe, for being up at uh, 3 a.m., you're jamming pretty good right now. I'm on seven cups of coffee right now. Why were you up at 3, by the way? I just couldn't sleep. It was just one of those nights that I was so really tired. about the show and getting to see us. That, too. I had a lot of good meetings today, so you I think I was excited for the day. No, I really, like, I went home. I had a rough day yesterday, so I went home and tried to go to bed early. I think I went to bed too early, yeah. then I woke up at 3 and couldn't get back to sleep. And I said, well, might as well Ooh. get the day started. Speaking of rough days, tell everyone the story that you just told us in the break. What story? What story? About the portalette. Oh, oh, you guys. <laughs> we tell one of the stories. Oh, this poor Patriots fan who attended the game in Denver. Obviously, oh, his team did not win. So he does like what a lot of fans do when they've had a few drinks and they go into the porta potty to use it, only to have some Broncos players tip not players. Potty. Uh, not players. Okay. Uh, fans. Fans tip the porta potty over. Wait, so Broncos fans tipped it over when Patriots fans were inside? When a Patriot fan was inside. <laughs> well, yeah. it wasn't like a. <laughs> I didn't mean multiple in one. <laughs> it wasn't like what you're thinking of, man. <laughs> no. Not like that booth in New York that's now the hot spot. Oh, oh yikes. Gosh. <laughs> so before we get to studs and duds for this week, I want to talk a little bit about after watching both games on Sunday. Pats and the Broncos, Panthers and the Cardinals. How did it leave you feeling about the Jaguars? Because that's how I put everything into perspective when I watch the NFL, is how does it affect my team? We're screwed. That <laughs> Not me, that every team has issues, clearly. You know, they're not the only ones. I mean, it, I wish- what to me, it, looking at that game, I don't know if it shows you either how bad Denver possibly is. Or I don't I don't how bad they both are. I don't know, but for you know, for me, for New England to 
have Brady get hit over 20 times, get sacked four times, and possibly tie it at the last second, how on earth could Denver have lost that game? I mean, it, there was a possibility, and they shouldn't have even been in it. So there's problems everywhere, and it doesn't... The AFC, no matter who was going to win out of this, I, no one's going to win in the NFC, but or on the AFC. Um, but there's problems everywhere. The Jags aren't the only team that has it. It's just... You got to fix what you know now is broken, and which what is more broken for the Jacks? Demurf takes the silver lining approach. I like it. Mm, not me. I mean, <laughs> and we saw what the Texans did to us, and we essentially had the AFC South handed to us on a silver platter, and we couldn't deliver on that. And then you see the Texans get embarrassed by the Chiefs. What was that game? Thirty to nothing. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're way off, way off. We could have had a home playoff game. Could have got embarrassed at home. Just like the Texans did. But yeah, we're, we are. I, I don't want to be one of those people who said, oh, well, you know, if Fowler was in this season, then it could have made a world of difference. I don't know that. I don't know whenever he comes back, if he will make a world of difference. I hope he does. Hope for the best. But I'm just at a point with this regime. Prove it. I'm tired of hearing you talk. Prove it. Hmm. Or just <laughs> obviously mistakes are made in any game with any team. But watching the playoffs, it was easy to see that they. The teams that won knew how to close. They had a plan. They knew what they were going to do. It wasn't just, oh, like, let's see if this works. Let's see if that works. Um, it was just more of a complete game. And I think that's been the struggle for the Jaguars this past entire season. Um, but it also seemed like almost a different league. Like, they just looked like more complete teams. They looked like they knew what they were doing and they had pieces on their team that not all of them, but couldn't even compare to how the Jaguars play. It made me extremely concerned about two units specifically, offensive line and defensive line. Our offensive line needs a lot of work, but so does our defensive line. And it's really hard to repair both and improve both in the same off season. So that terrifies me because we saw what can happen with a bad offensive line to the best quarterback in the league. And we saw what can happen with a great defensive line and and how much you can pressure. And Dante Fowler Jr. may make a little bit of a difference, but most rookies don't come in and have a strong season as a pass rusher. So likely it won't be probably till next year. Who knows? Maybe, you know, he'll kind of prove or be the exception to the rule and prove everybody wrong. But those were the things that in watching, especially the first game, it was just a drastic difference. The second game, it scared me in the sense that if you look at the two quarterbacks, yes, Blake Bortles and Cam Newton have the most similar features as far as physically. But mentally, Blake is probably more on lines of a Carson Palmer where he can throw dangerous picks at certain times. And that's what, in looking at those teams, had me concerned. I'm not overwhelmingly concerned about our quarterback. I'm not saying that. I think Bortles is going to be good. But at this stage, it just, those interceptions throughout this entire year, the pick sixes, I could see him in the in that, in Carson Palmer's shoes and in that game. And to me, he didn't represent or resemble Cam Newton, the 34-point victorious um, quarterback. He resembled Carson Palmer, who threw four interceptions. Well, if you but that's looking at the negative. If you look at each of those four teams that that played in the championship games, three of them do not have a deep threat. And as much has been said about our offensive threats for the Jaguars, 
if you look at the teams that make it until the end, it's the defense that gets them there. And it's the defense that wins the game, not offensive players like Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he was the only deep threat on any of those teams and he did not play a role whatsoever. No pressure, Todd Wash. (laughs) We're just expecting you to take us, you know, really far in the playoffs and all that. All right. Time for studs and duds. Let's get to some happy stuff before we get to the negative stuff. For me, it was hard to pick a stud this week. There were so many, but Donna, let's start with you. I am going to go with uh, the Gainesville police oh, and yeah. go with Bobby White, the officer that went and, you know, made that call that <laughs> I don't know who that person was that called to complain about kids playing basketball at five o'clock at night, you know, uh, but whatever. That's, Maybe they were trying to take a nap. <laughs> Come on. Not a reason to call the police. No. plugs. <laughs> but for him to go there and then play ball with the kids and then come back. And Shaq is also my stud for just to see the video. And he said he spent a million dollars in 45 minutes. And it was the best he's ever felt. Like doing what? He handed out money to everybody. Oh, there. wow. They cut the video off. If you watch the video, it's like a seven minute video of him playing and stuff like that. Right at the end, he takes out and you what? see him start to hand cash. And then they cut the video off. And then at the end, he said, I spent a million dollars in 45 minutes and loved every minute of it. I'm Aww, like, wow. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. So that was that, uh, above and beyond what they could have done there. So I, I thought that was worth a stud. Shaq recently also said that he got paid at LSU. And he said, it, <laughs> yes, it's past the point of what is what? What's the um, Jurist, uh, yeah, yeah. What is that phrase? For, uh, uh, damn. The, uh, the legal term. Yeah, for, I know what you mean. It's on the tip of my tongue. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's past the point. Um, all right, we'll think of it. Someone will tweet us in. At Homeless and Heels on Twitter. Uh, which, by the way, we released a Twitter poll. So go ahead and vote on that. We want to get your thoughts. That'll be a topic coming up in a little bit. On Helmets and Heels, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Tweet it out from At Helmets and Heels. All right, Blythe, what is your stud? My stud is going to be the defensive coordinator for the Broncos, Wade Phillips. I thought he put on a pass rushing clinic on Sunday. Um, I said earlier in the show to, to Frangie, but not sure if everyone heard, but the Broncos sent three guys against Tom Brady, and they had not sent three guys all season long. And so I thought that that was pretty brilliant, and it just it just left Brady confused the entire game. The Patriots didn't know how to respond. Bill Belichick is famous for making his in-game adjustments, and he couldn't he didn't have an answer for it the entire game. Um, so yeah, that's my stud. I agree. That's a good one, and um, you know. Yes, thank you. Uh, I was just looking up the exact tweet so I could get it because that was going to drive me insane. Uh, Yeah, past the point of statute of limitations. All right, Amanda, who is your stud? My stud is Notre Dame wide receiver Corey Robinson. He... David Robinson's son, right? Yes. Yes. He is taking it upon himself to not only be on the football team, but to also run for student body president. And I just think that's so cool because a lot of football players in college... All of their time is dedicated to football, which should be football in school. Um, But he's kind of laid it out like, listen, we only practice for this amount of time. I only have one or two classes, so I have time. So he's running for president. Nice. Cool. I think it's cool. I didn't really know much about student government until I started the job that I have now. And we work Mm -hmm. with them to, you know, talk about funds and how they can help us and we can help them. Good grief. That is like a full-time job yes. to be any of the upper level, the pres- right. president, the vice president, the treasurer, the secretary. It, there there are meetings with the president's office, with all, campus life, with athletics, obviously, like I was talking about. It's a it's a yep. lot of work. Yep. To the, and that's why like a lot of people only do it for a year 
But it's so great for their resume because they can basically say, I was a CEO of my school for the most part. Mm-hmm. I got to control a, a million dollar budget or multi million dollar budget in a lot of cases. So yep. that's, and it's easy, like you said, for an athlete to look at it and go, I don't have time for that. Right. We all, that. we all can look at stuff and go, I'm not going to volunteer. I don't have time for that. So that's awesome. Good catch. Um, all right. I actually found mine last week and I claimed him. So y'all couldn't take him. Flint, Michigan is having a ton of issues with their water source. Back in 2014, the city officials decided to switch the water source and it's had nothing but issues. There's lead in the water and all sorts of stuff, but it would take over a billion dollars to replace the whole system. So until while they figured out and until all that happens, lots of people are donating water cases. So Ziggy Ansa of the Detroit Lions donated 94,000 cases, but also Aqua Hydrate, a water company owned by Sean Diddy Combs and Mark Wahlberg, Pledge to donate 1 million bottles of water wow. to Flint, which will get there tomorrow. To piggyback off there, there's the, uh, two local guys are doing it. The Pratt guys who do the, the outdoor oh, okay. decorations. Yeah. Um, they're sending up With a truck. The and then and um, John Phillips, they, they have a, a water truck that they're sending up to Flint, Michigan, and they're asking for any donations. So if you're local That's and you awesome. want to donate some bottled water, make sure you seek those guys out. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, the Pratt guys are located on Phillips Highway. Um, I go to another business on there um, that does all of our printing. So they're right by, nice. you know, the business to um, Blythe Core Digital. And so, yeah, Pratt guys is on their way and they have beautiful pergola. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Good job to all of them. All right. We will come back with our duds. Dun, 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 duds. When we return, you're listening to Helmets and Heels Built by DreamFunders Homes on Tintin XL 92.5 FM. To helmets and heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes, presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I am definitely not part of Spotify, but thank you. Scott, <laughs> I know me some Elvis. I appreciate it. Um, I'm your conduit for Spotify. Yes, yes, you are, and I will just text you. Hey, <laughs> is this song on there? Um, speaking of us being, you know, in with it or what with it? Um, what? I don't know. I'm trying to segue, and there's no real way to segue to this. So there's a wonderful place called Nocatee, and we will be in Nocatee uh, February 9th, which is a Tuesday night, obviously, for Helmets and Heels, live on location at a DreamFinders model home right in the Palms. I'm very excited, because that's right down the street from me. I was going to say, can you Yay. walk, or is this more of a driving thing? No, it's more of a, I mean, I could walk, but... <laughs> Not you know. trying to give away your exact house location, no, by the way. No, I don't live in that subdivision, but... Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I don't know exactly where the Palms is. I've been in Nocatee tons of times. I know there's so many different neighborhoods. But. Yeah, it's off of, um, well, it depends on where you're going to go. So I know, don't I don't want to say, I'll, I don't want to say, you're going to pass mine. I'm not going to announce where I live. So. Exactly. I'll use yeah. my GPS either way. I'm Same. terrible with directions. Me too. So. When are you ladies going to come to my house? When, when you, you invite directions. I'm <laughs> <laughs> supposed to have a sleepover, right? Yes, we are sleepover that'll be fun night that will be fun and fun uh, stories yeah and it'll hopefully be, be better stories than this past weekend <laughs> well, well. <laughs> no um when we tried to go bowling and yes. we couldn't get lanes nope. so we had a failed bowling night i'm okay with which that. are you yeah i'm not the biggest fan of bowling oh i'm terrible which is why it's so much fun you know i really so get worse funny? every time i think when we um hung out after the failed bowling attempt i would say something to someone that didn't sound like bowling at all and Beth would be like did you just say we're going bowling after this <laughs> she said that like three times and i would say no sure. Blythe, i didn't even say anything about bowling we're not going bowling it's fine <laughs> 
Wow, you were really anti-bowling. I've only been once in years, and I just got critiqued the whole time. <laughs> I will and say, I just don't care when about I talk, bowling. When I talked to my dad on the phone before, you know, I told him we were going with, with everybody, and um, before that night, and he was like, "Okay, are you going to break a hundred? And I said, "Of course not." And he said, "All right, here's here are my instructions. I want you to line up to the left because you're right-handed. I want you to pick a board down by the pins, and I want you to start there." Not a board down by your feet, a board down by the pins. And then you adjust minorly. I don't think minorly is a word. Make minor adjustments to the right and to the left until you get it exactly right and you'll be bowling strikes. I'm like, I need like the gutter thing. Yes, like, yeah, I, I need the, those. the bumpers, the gutter bumpers. The like, bumpers. I, I appreciate the advice, time. but well, yeah. Apple. Amanda said that they don't allow the bumpers for anybody over the age of 12. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Unfortunately. This is a disaster. Which is really absurd because it's discrimination. Me. Yeah, if I'm not a professional bowler and I'm paying to bowl, let me use bumpers for crying <laughs> out loud. What's the big deal? My I'm sure guess is maybe because you can throw it harder yeah. than a 12 year old and maybe it'll bounce off the bottom. They don't know that. Thinking. They don't know my story. And looking at your... <laughs> and when you look at my muscles, I mean, you can just assume but... Right, exactly. Um, but So that leads me to the question that... Uh, we're going to ask everyone who of the four of us do you think owns our own bowling ball? I probably should have asked this question custom. before we started to kind of talk about it. But yeah, it is you a probably custom. Probably tell after this conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Kind of came no, away, but that's okay. I think one person's out, but I think it's, it is a, it, it is a ball that has this person's favorite sports team on it or one of their favorite sports teams on it. And, uh, there's only one of us that has our own ball. So the first person to text the correct answer into the Boston Sports Bar and Restaurant text line, Boston Restaurant and Sports Bar text line, both ways are good. 641-1010, 904-641-1010. You are the winner of the Peterbrook Chocolate Heel. These things are delicious mm-hmm. and you're going to want it. So all you have to do is guess. And there's only yes. four of us to guess from. Our names, by the way, if you don't know them, because I don't say them very often, I realized mm-hmm. recently, Donna, Amanda, Lauren, and Blythe. I don't know why I went in that order because that's not you in the order that I look at. You did better that time. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I was waiting. Yep, me too. <laughs> I really <laughs> paid attention. Good. now. it was good. Blah. <laughs> All right. So we left everyone hanging, saying we are going to announce our duds at this time. So let's get it rolling. Demurf, who was your awful dud of the week? I mean, you could take your pick. It would <laughs> partly go to Belichick. It would partly go to McDaniel's. Um, Whoever's number is 8870433. Wrong. You are wrong. Uh, that's for the text line. Yep. Um, but uh, at first I thought you were talking about a Patriots player. Like, oh, and I was like, 88. Okay, nope. we're getting somewhere. And then nope, there was way we're more wrong. numbers. Three people what about so Gaskowski? Um, no. 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 He never, he never. No. He can't be a dud. He never misses. Never misses. But he missed at the most important time. So that's why I thought. No. No. Nope. I can't. Um, Oh, we got a winner. Sorry. I'm All right. Attention. We got a winner. Good and, job. Yep. So you who won. is it? Are we going to announce who it is? Oh, that's sure. me. Donna. I have my Donna own. Donna has her own bowling ball. And it's a Red Sox ball. Nice. And yes. it's a 10 pounder. Eight. Eight. Oh. Eight. <laughs> you didn't see it. You would have. That's why I was so happy because you would have loved my bowling ball. Blythe. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you I display like to look it at, at home? It. No, I don't display it at home. <laughs> 
it? I should. Yeah. I mean, if you have your own bowling ball, which Put it in like a case or something. Really yeah. Say you want a tournament. Little man's room is Red Sox, so I really. Oh, could. you should put it in there. Should. Yeah. But I don't want him to play. I was gonna say I don't think we want we'll a bowling ball. Put it in ball. a case. Mm, anyway, gla- let's add glass around a bowling ball in, in a little a child's room. room. <laughs> hey, you guys. Says the girl who has no kids. Okay. <laughs> don't let me around your children. <laughs> Blythe, who is your dud? My dud is the Cavaliers organization for firing David Blythe Friday night after all the media goes home with a little sneaky maneuver. And he was a winning coach. Um, I believe yeah. he was he was either first or second place in the East. Um, That's so weird. 30, 31 and 11 on the season, I believe. Either it was 30 and 11 or 31 and 11. Yeah, I just thought it was ridiculous. It, it, it was 30-ish. rumored. That he was going to be fired last year. So why would you wait until the middle of a winning season? <laughs> Meanwhile, Gus Bradley strange. gets extended at 12 and 30. Right? <laughs> and t- they bring in Tyron Lue and, and, you know, there's rumors that LeBron is, you know, half the reason that Black gets fired. The whole thing is murky. And then they said that it wasn't, they didn't consult with LeBron. Give me a break. Of course you did. Don't you think Black has a, not that he's necessarily going to do this, but don't you think that he has a, a leg to stand on if he wanted to sue? No, because he's still getting paid. Oh, He's yeah. Essentially getting paid to go home and, and, and sit back and collect a check. Yeah. If if they're still paying him, if they were to cease, yeah. then yeah, then he could for wrongful termination. Right. Hey, I got one legal term tonight. <laughs> you got it. All right, Borges, who's your dud? I decided to get away from football, which is not like me. Um, but my dud is the fan base of the New York Knicks, because if we rewind back to the NBA draft last year, Everyone was so pissed off when the Knicks drafted that, uh, is he Russian? Porzingis. Yes, Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. I probably butchered that. Christoph Perzingis. Christoph Perzingis. Christoph. Christoph. I like the other word. He has his own apps. Everyone was so upset because they're like, who is this guy? Why are we drafting him? Blah, blah, blah. Well, now he's being called the unicorn of the league because he's just incredible. So... My message to all you fans out there, don't critique who your team drafts because you never know. What if it's a punter in the third round? Okay. Well, maybe they're mad because they couldn't say his name. You know what? You're right. I would have been mad too. I love unicorns. All right. Um, so my, only because we're on duds, I don't have a, I don't have a comment. Normally if we were on studs, yes, absolutely. Um, Mine, I actually replaced like three different times. Um, there were a lot of duds, like you said, Bly, uh, Donna. Um, so my dad Whoever this week, <laughs> Blake Griffin. Oh, oh, yes, he was yeah. close to being mine. That story just broke earlier. Yes. So I originally had Vince Young because he got arrested and he works for ESPN. And so they he had. Does? He does. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like the Texas Longhorn Network or something. Uh-huh. Okay. And so he's been working with them and now he's probably going to get fired. So he was originally going to be my dad. And then when I saw the Blake Griffin story, I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, this one wins. So for people who don't know, Blake Griffin and an equipment manager were in a restaurant up when they were on their Toronto trip. And I guess they got in an argument. Blake decides to punch the guy. Well, then what happens? The guy goes outside the restaurant. Blake follows him, punches him again, injures the guy's face. Blake and breaks his hand, his right? hand. And he was, yeah, Blake Griffin. And he was supposed to return this week from a quad injury that he'd been suffering from or this road trip. And Idiot. now he's going to be out probably weeks because of the fractured hand. I don't get it because they're friends. What happened? 
Blake is I mean, a punk and he's been arrested before. So I, I mean, they I kind of like hang Blake out all the time. Oh. Guys, I feel like some guys can control their temper and other guys can't. And maybe he's one of those guys that can't control his temper, even with a friend. I don't know. Like, I want to know. It sounds like a soap opera story. Like, hey, stay away from my girl, dude. Like, didn't that happen? And um, gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, The Lakers head coach. Didn't it happen with him and his um, his ex wife started sleeping? Oh, it was no, it was an NBA player. And oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Started sleeping with the coach or Derek Fisher, uh, coach for the the Knicks. I was like, well, so they got into a Kardashian. fight. Oh, no. goodness. Well, so it it uh, it comes out, you know, that NBA players often get in fights with teammates and with staff and stuff like that. But this really shows that the Clippers are a defunct, um, mismanaged organization. And Not think defunct. of that poor guy. Like, he's going to get... I mean, obviously nothing's going to happen to Griffin. He might get fined or maybe suspended for a game. But obviously that equipment manager's out. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Why, or, would he, why would he stay around? Yeah, I mean, unless they can come, you know, to the GM and say, hey, that was a one-time thing, but who knows? I, anyway, I, th- those guys, you know what? Tempers are extremely hard, yes, for hot heads to be able to manage, but it can change your whole life. You can knock someone out with a punch. You can also kill someone with a punch yeah. or give them such a severe brain injury that they don't come back, too. So, you know, ch- chill out, punch a wall or something, all right? All right, speaking of duds, let's get to the absolute, at least I think, worst time to ask someone on a date. When do you think this is? When they're in the middle of a professional sporting event. If a female referee asked an NBA player out during a game, it would be all over the news. But because it happened in women's soccer, most people probably haven't heard about it. So a referee asked a female soccer player, what was it, in Italy, I think? Um, Spain. Spain, there we go. Um, somewhere over on the other side of the waters. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, he asked her out in the middle of a game. But because it's a he said, she said thing, they can't punish him. I want to know what he said. Um, it's in the story. Yeah, it's it in is. the story. It's in the story you didn't read. <laughs> in the story I didn't read. <laughs> Way to go. He says something along the lines of like, you're really attractive. Yeah, you want to go out sometime or something. And then she rebuffs him. Well, then her team ends up losing and a lot of calls go against her. Oh, no. She should have just played along with it. Play a little uh, mind games with him. Yeah, sure. I'll go out with you. I would have I would not have had the the mental wherewithal right. to play games with someone when I'm extremely yeah. focused on my Especially team. I would have taken, what is it, a red card and just punched him? <laughs> <laughs> and then, out. right. I like, okay, um, hey, brown hair, let's get coffee this afternoon. Hey, brown, brown hair. hair. Hey, brown hair. Swoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best pickup line I've ever hey, heard. Hair. I she mean, said, I've stopped believing in football, obviously. And whoever wrote this article spelled football, football like football, not yeah. football. Yeah, I know um, that. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's why I, I feel helpless, it. humiliated in the many years I've been playing football. I've never felt so ashamed. Better stick to blowing your whistle. Oh, which I like that last. I wish she would have said that to him. Yeah, but think about how caught off guard she was. Right. right. You have hey, brown hair her and she everybody turns around. Hey, right. Brown hair. Yeah, yeah, if it's in Spain, yeah. most of them have brown hair. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. <sighs> what a freaking dud. I mean, yeah. wait, so now do we get to come up with scenarios that are worse, like worse places Absolutely. to ask people on a date? What's a, what's a worse time to ask While you're in the date? bathroom. I was going to say that. But when are you ever in the, in bathroom, the bathroom with, with the opposite men? sex? Yeah. You know, 
Maybe like if you're having someone um, walks in. If you're having like surgery and the doctor asks you out, that would be a bad one. <laughs> okay. Like you better say yes. <laughs> Until when that surgery is done. When you're at the gynecologist. Right. Oh, oh yikes. Good that, be, that would not be good. But I, I mean know. at least you would take some positive things away from that. <laughs> The cute factor. <laughs> oh gosh, we're going down a bad road. What about on an airplane? Because you can't escape if you say no. True. Especially so, yeah. if the person looks yeah. creepy or scary. What if right. you were on a date with someone else? <laughs> That's probably a bad time. It's probably a very bad you time. You know, I'm gonna break a rule of all etiquette. I just Yes, you're with this guy, but you're just so hot, brown hair. Brown hair. I just got to ask you out. I mean, in case things don't work, and let's let's face it, they're probably not going to. Most relationships don't work nowadays. See, I don't think that would be a bad thing. That's more... Um, well, then your boyfriend's probably going to punch him in the face if you're dating him. Or for me, it, I go out a lot with my brother, and so people think automatically. Oh. Yeah. I have to almost like display it like, hi, my name is Blake. This is my brother. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys would be perfect for the kiss cam because a lot of <laughs> a lot of places are getting complaints from people because the camera mm-hmm. goes yes. to a brother sister yes. and they're like, we're not kissing. Right. Like now you have Gross. to have the sign. We're yeah, sister. we're brother Get sister. Away from <laughs> that happens to me and my brother. We're five years apart and we don't look anything alike. And we've had family friends that haven't like seen us in years, like comment on Facebook, like in our family photos, be like, oh, is that Derek's girlfriend? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm his sister. <laughs> what do you mean? Is that his girlfriend? But aren't you tagged with like your name? Yes. The weirdest <laughs> you married. Thing. I've gotten that so yeah. many times. Like when I like bring him to get a haircut or whatever, like, oh, is this your girlfriend? No, I'm his <laughs> older sister. It's it's so weird. And I get it. We don't look anything alike, so I understand. But it is weird when people ask you that. But I think it's five cute. years is a big difference age-wise. Right. I think it's cute how you say when I bring him to get a haircut. I know, I was going to say, like, <laughs> like yes, this is my girlfriend who drives me around <laughs> and pays for my haircuts. I really got it going on with this older lady over here. This Justin Bieber-looking kid. Well, what, also, oh, that's another bad time is during what? a haircut. What if you had, during like, a, a, a guy cutting your hair and yeah. he asked you out? And I would never let a guy cut my hair. What? Really? If oh, my I mean, Josh maybe is listening, if he was I don't know. Josh, I only have Josh. I know, oh. although I know my roots are really bad right now because I haven't been in a long time. I've only had two people in the past like ten years touch my hair. Both I'm females. the same. Until I moved here, I went to the same hair lady since I was six. Hmm. Um, for people who've never tuned into our show before, I promise we really do talk sports. Oh. This is just an off tangent from our studs and duds, and uh, <laughs> we will be getting back to sports shortly. <laughs> hey, this is in part to brown hair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about uh, your dad? My Did dad. You already do your dad? Yeah, my yeah. dad was Blake Griffin. I told the whole story. Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, that, that story. I'm glad people listen to me around here. I thought your I dad listened. was the referee. That's why I got no, confused. Every week remember, we find an additional dad, and I say, speaking of okay. duds, and then She's, I insert our I additional I knew, remember? Dad. I just started here. She's you get a rundown email to you. <laughs> Every week that I'm trying to remember her laboriously next put together. All right. Uh, speaking of sports, we're going to get to shorts versus pants and what's going on with oh, that in the PGA this. Tour, as well as discuss our Twitter poll that we posted on Helmets and Heels. Find it at Helmets and Heels on Twitter. Can you support your team 
offering a retiring gesture of support to an arch rival. You will find out our thoughts on that coming up next. Listen to Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010XL, only 2.5 FM. Where's all my soul, sisters? Let me hear your flow, sisters. Hey, sister, go, sister, soul, sister, flow, Jaguars football by women, for women, and men. Helmets and heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. I hear that we have a winner. We do. Congratulations, Rod. You have won the Peterbrook Chocolate Heel, which is going to be devoured, I'm guessing, by your nine-year-old daughter, who we have uh, heard has become a fan of our show. So thank you so much for listening. And he won the heel by uh, texting in to 641-1010 on the Boston Restaurant. It's that easy. Yep. All we did was ask who, which one of us four has their own bowling ball. And that would have been Donna, myself. Me. Which, when we were planning the bowling night, Donna emailed me and told me that, and I just <laughs> cracked up for a solid minute. Like, I've never known... Excited. True. I've never known anyone that's had their own bowling ball. I think it comes from the fact that your family's northern, because bowling's much bigger it is. up it's, north. Well, it's much bigger up north, um, but also for, like, duck pin, and mm-hmm. what my parents were telling me beforehand, candle pin. Which I don't... That's what I've heard of. I have yes. not heard of the duck pin. I've heard of candle pin from right. people that grew up in Boston. Candle pin, yeah. And duck pin. For me, I guess, maybe candle pin is Massachusetts. Duck pin is Rhode Island. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, and then there was nothing... You know, when we lived up there, there was nothing to do when it's cold weather. Ridiculous outside. So, we just sure. would drive to the local bowling alley and bowl. And I think that's <laughs> why I'm... One of the reasons why I'm terrible at bowling um, is... I didn't play very often growing up. Yeah, there was like birthday parties when right. the you know the bumpers were in, and other than that, I I can't recall ever going in high school. Maybe once in college, so it's not Gosh. something I did a lot. And uh, yeah, therefore, that was my that's first, why I'll say I'm not good. That was my first date with my husband. Bowling. Was it? Mm-hmm. After you um, got his number? After I got his number? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we tweeted out a poll yes. as to whether or not your team should honor an arch rival as they're retiring. We've gotten a lot of responses, and Blad, tell everybody what we've got as far as responses while she's looking that up. I'll give my opinion. I do not want my team honoring an arch rival. I understand that the player has done great things over a long period of time. Absolutely fantastic. His team or her team can honor them as much as they want to. My team? No, thank you. But see, yours is college. And you only have like two, three years, four at the most, of learning and knowing College a or pro. Right. But you got to think of this more pro. Because college, it doesn't really make sense. I don't it want, let's say... Let's think of one of our arch rivals um, for the Jags that has a player that's played for long. Let's say when Andrew Luck retires. Mm-hmm. Let's say he retires in 10 years. I don't want the Jags honoring him at any point in time. And I understand that football is different than baseball. And, and what we're talking about is how the Yankees are going to honor David Ortiz, mm-hmm. longtime Red Sox player. Very similar to the fact that the Red Sox honor Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. I, I love that the player gets the recognition. I just don't want the arch rival doing it. It's just not it's just not something that I believe in and want to support. That's all. I believe in the person. I have great respect because they're the ones that are getting honored are the ones that have truly 
done it both professionally and personally. They've they've done it with class. I know so Blythe, I get it. I know Blaze's thoughts on this, so I want her to go because I'm gonna <laughs> no I, because I'm gonna feed off of you, and I completely agree with how you think. Well, for a lot of Red Sox fans, uh, not necessarily Yankees fans, but 2003 and 2004 were, were some of the greatest baseball years we will ever mm-hmm. see between that rivalry, which is arguably one of the best in all of sports. Um, so to see these few players, Mariano Rivera and Jeter and Ortiz, that were such a pivotal part of those series to now to see their career coming to an end and to see both sides sort of p- tipping their cap to, to each of the organizations in such a, a great, long storied historical rivalry. I think it's kind of cool. I, I thought it was kind of cool the the year that the Red Sox won in 2004, the very next season, the Yankees came to Fenway during the ring ceremony. And whenever Mo was announced during the game, all the Red Sox fans cheered loudly for him because he gave up the, mm-hmm. the blown save to Dave Roberts. And he played with a tipped his cap. Exactly. He knew, you know, yeah. Now, if it was Alex Rodriguez mm-hmm. or another player that the Red Sox were planning on honoring, I would have a huge problem with it. But the fact that it's Derek Jeter, it's Mariano Rivera, it's David Ortiz, you're talking about the class of baseball. It's perfectly fine with me. But if it, if it were to happen in football, which I don't think it ever would just no. because of the lifespan of a career and football is only three and a half years, I doubt that we would ever see something like that happen unless it was somebody like a, a Peyton Manning. But even then, you're nobody's going to go on you know a, a historical, you know, this farewell season, this is my last season. Right. Like um, Peyton Manning, like you said, he if he announced, okay, you know, this is going to be my last year. I'm just going to give it my all. I could see teams, I can see cities doing something for him, you know? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because he's been such a pivotal part of the league for so many years. And he's done it with class. You know, there hasn't been anything bad, obviously, with this HGH, HGH thing lately. But that's just, I think, whatever nonsense. But it deals. it has to deal with the amount of respect that you have garnered from your teammates, from, you know, everybody in the league. And it mainly will always be a baseball thing because of of the storied history. Um, maybe golf. Well, it did happen too. recently with um, the Celtics and Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I, that, so I they, they, they paid. I, I was a little like, eh, well, I mean, but right. you have to kind of give it to, to sort of pat yourself on the back. But with, Jeter, fans right, but with Jeter and Rivera, they, you know, they had that at every city they went to. Right. You know, and they got gifts in every city. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Kobe's getting um, that. He, he kind of sure. is. Yeah. Uh, I think the Sixers honored him too, because he, I believe he grew up in Philadelphia. Um, and, and a few other teams have honored him with, with a certain kind yeah. of gift. So Kobe is the only player that I know of outside yeah. of baseball right. that has gotten that kind of treatment. But we've seen this w- with Boston and New York in the past, especially when it comes to you know the terrorist attacks in 9-11, mm-hmm. the Boston bombings, both of these. That I completely yeah. agree with. But, but they've sort of played, t- towed the line since the Red Sox won in 04. So it's been a little bit of a less heated rivalry. Right. I don't know that it would be happening if the Red Sox didn't win. Like, look at, we'll take Steelers, uh, Ravens. You know, I I think that even though there's so much hatred there, that maybe, I don't know. I, uh, I could never see it hard. happening because I think Steelers fans or Ravens fans would boo. I really think yeah. truly yeah. that that's what they would do. Or like yeah, Eagles I mean, in Dallas. Right. Like that would never happen. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't think that the player would get the recognition and the honoring. It would just be a failed attempt at it. That's, why, I, that's I think what that's, I think. That's why it is such a baseball thing. Because as much as you hate and you hate that 
team, you know, and we use that word because that's what we are born and bred to do, you know, with the rival. But you have so much respect. Damn, I hate this team. But yes, Derek Jeter is one hell of a player. I think we're we're swaying the votes a little bit, Donna, because (laughs) now the yes votes, it's are you a fan of your team honoring an arch rival? The yes votes are up to 41 percent now. Oh, oh come on, people! Be true to yourself. <laughs> like I said, it would Janet never. It depends. I would so never vote. I would never see this happen in college. Never, ever, ever. See yeah, they this don't play it long enough for that. No. Maybe a coach. Maybe a coach would Maybe. be honored. Although uh, you, I, you see Georgia or Florida State honoring Steve Spurrier. I don't know. Florida look at the SEC nuts that cheer for SEC. I know any other game. Right? Just why it's wouldn't they cheer for another coach? Cheering for your league is more because. If your league is dominant, the more likely you are to get See, into the but it final four because it's still subjective. It's not sense. like the NFL where right. the conference winner absolutely gets in. It's still subjective in college football where people are deciding which teams get in. By the way, Amanda, never go to the bathroom in a break because then you get shut out of the next <laughs> segment. Hey, I'm right over here. If you need me, I'll be right she's here. A, she's an over there silent. We haven't looked at her once. Sorry. <laughs> you got shunned. What's your thought process on the rival? No, I've actually been in, no, I'm I've been enjoying listening to the conversation because because I've been such a prominent football fan for so many years, I've never considered that since that doesn't really exist. You're a prominent football. football fan? What do you mean? You're prominent? I'm prominent. Maybe. Priority. Priority. <laughs> Whatever. Is that the wrong word? You're fine. Okay. I just, it just prominent. Lauren is the word police because she has all these big words she uses all the time. You're a passionate football fan. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, I, loved, I like when you say prominent. I'm trying to use different words. Good. And I'll give you some on the break. Expand my vocabulary. Horizon. Thank you. Um, anyway, as I was saying, um, I just don't know if if in baseball, like I understand why, but I don't know if I'd be okay with it. I said no in the poll, by the way. Yeah, and I like that the option was hell no. There's not enough of that out there. <laughs> See, I really think that it's it's. I don't have a problem with it whatsoever, and I hate the Yankees. Yeah. But with Jeter and Mo, no, no, problem. no problem. Zero problems with it whatsoever. I couldn't tell you one player right now that I would be okay with it. Yeah, because they, like I said, those those that 2003, yeah. 2004 season will go down as the best seasons we've ever seen, in my opinion. Does Johnny Damon still play for the Yankees? Uh, Hell no. Why would you even go there? <laughs> can, he get, can he get recognized? No. He's not going to recognize for anything. <laughs> recognize? No. All right, shorts versus <laughs> pants. There's a big debate in the golf world Mm -hmm. on whether or not professional golfers should be allowed to wear shorts. One of the reasons is people really say they don't want to see pasty white legs. (laughs) And Rory McIlroy said, come on, just give me a couple weeks in the sun. That's all I need. You know, just a little time and I'll brown those legs. Not like Rory's going to get super tan anyway, but not that Irish man. But no, but when you watch professional golf and I know over the years I've watched a lot of it Mm -hmm. um, being in fantasy golf, but to me, it doesn't matter at all what the professional golfer wears, shorts versus pants, because it's about how they play. It's about their their ability to maneuver a ton of courses in a very, you know, they, have, they travel every week. They're constantly playing different places that are tough. It's about their stroke. It's not about I disagree. Pants. I disagree. I, I kind of do, too. One of the first things I notice is, wow, that's a nice put together outfit. Or what the hell is John Daly wearing? You know, oh, I love the put together outfits, but yeah, can't you have put together outfits with shorts? Yeah, I just, you know, what's to me, what's there's so many things that I love about golf, but one is when 
They show their emotion. They, you know, take 10 shots to get out of a sand bunker. Um, it shows that they're real. I love that they have now officially done away with the belly putter. You know, um, basically you can use it as long as it's not anchored. I get it. But, you know, that, that was never a part of golf. It, that was never it. And they introduced that. And I know that pants has always been a part of it. And it's a gentleman's sport. And you got to keep that. But it makes them look so much more real and Sweet, I like it. All right, and now I, you know, my husband can go out there. I can wear that, and I can wear that. You know, you're not you're not wearing pants every time that you're at a golf course. You're wearing shorts, and it's normal. And I like the idea of it. I you like, wait, you like the idea of them wearing shorts? I like wearing it. Shorts. Oh, I no. like it. I like it. <laughs> I thought the I whole thought, time you were arguing yeah. for pants. Me too. Until the end. That's why I had to ask. <laughs> no. You like it? Okay. And that's why I. Sorry. No, you're good. More real because they'd be able to wear shorts. Yes. Got it. I okay. like the put together outfits because. Deion Sanders once told us all, when you look good, you play good. Right. When you play good, they pay good. <laughs> so that's what I think. Why can't and you, you look can't good play in shorts? Good in shorts and look good in shorts? No, when you look good, you play good. When you play good, they pay good. <laughs> what if you have really nice calves and I the whole world? I hate that saying because <laughs> it's not correct. Grammatically correct. She is, <laughs> she is correct on that. No, I um, definitely think that there's some truth to that. If you wake up, I, I used to work at home. And whenever I, I would wake days. up in the morning, yes. and I didn't have to get I ready didn't for mean, work. Yes, I completely agree. I'm saying it should be well, not good. That's oh, what I mean. Well, well. I completely agree with what he's saying, but it should be well. Oh, you dress okay. well, you play well, whatever. Well, not so good. I guess the so the put together outfits can't include shorts. Or are you I saying don't know. yes? I just I like the look of the pants. Is it too casual for you with shorts? No, it doesn't bother me. But I just like the put together look yeah. of the golfers whenever they hit the you know matching outfits. You know, Tiger's got his red on Sunday. Um, That's his, really been helping. Um, yeah, Ricky Rook. Fowler's got his orange that he wears. There's it's, why like can't he wear orange shorts? I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't look good. Like, would you wear shorts to a wedding? Absolutely, if it's a beach wedding. If it's a fits I mean, warm, and most of the time they're playing golf, it's no. warm. No, you would You're wear a, a dress, Lauren. Well, I wouldn't wear shorts, <laughs> but if I was going with a guy, he could wear shorts to a wedding. But, if the wedding's like oh, a beach wedding, yeah. that's what but I'm saying. I was thinking you. I was no. like, why would you wear shorts? A few years back when Jack Del Rio, when they changed that rule that allowed him to wear a suit on the sidelines yeah. for twice a, a season, oh. I thought that it was it was awesome. Like It was like, all right, we're, we're coming to play professional football today, <laughs> and that's what I want to see in my professional athletes. I like when players dress up, and I think the NBA changed that um, yes. sort of recently. That they they started requiring all of their players to dress up because hockey players did it for years. I think baseball and football they do the same where they dress up before they get to the game, like full yeah. suit and tie. Um, so it's it's a conscious effort by a lot of leagues to have these guys look professional. But then doesn't it make you think it's almost a double standard if they're throwing a big hissy fit on? Well, guys, it's a gentleman's sport; you should keep it the same. You have to wear pants. But yeah, there's the LPGA, which I know has no ratings, and they can wear the shortest shorts they want or skirts because they're trying to dresses. get the ratings. Yeah, yeah. So why is there a hissy fit? Right. No. And when it, when it comes to thinking of what you know other sports do, I think it's ridiculous that basketball coaches are in an arena that's probably somewhat warm once right. you put all those people in there, and they're sweating to death in these suits. Yep. Like that to me seems ridiculous. And this week, I love it's coaches versus cancer. So you'll see all the coaches wearing their sneakers. And then um, they also, this year, it's a new thing. They have uh, the Lacey. Remember Princess Lacey? Yes. Um, the passed away of cancer. Yeah. They have her shoelaces, oh. not hers, but shoelaces designed where all the proceeds will go to her foundation. Oh, that's um, cool. She was really good friends.
friends or became really good friends with the Michigan State basketball player Adrian Payne over the 2013-2014 season. And so now people can buy special tennis shoes that the American hmm. Cancer Society is selling Aww. so that, right, all the proceeds, you know, go to benefit these great causes. But I just have always thought it's ridiculous that they're wearing suits. Like, come on, give them a polo, khaki pants, and dress Maybe shoes is perfectly fine. Take a note from Aaron Andrews and just buy an air-conditioned <laughs> vest or pants. <laughs> um, the other thing I think is ridiculous are the baseball managers wearing the baseball uniforms. I've always thought that was ludicrous. Like, what? They're not playing the game. They don't need cleats and they don't need the pants. And we can ask Tony Smith how he feels about Listen, that. Listen, anybody baseball who wants to wear baseball pants, you are more than welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> what if they don't have a good butt, which is exactly you just, why you're saying You just saying ignore that. them. You just look on to the next one. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I say shorts wins. Amanda, you say shorts wins. Yeah. Donna, you say shorts wins. I'm pants. Three versus one on the pants. And I was really pro surprised. Pants. I thought you'd be I have a shorts. feeling Tony will be all pants. Yeah. Uh, Most yeah. people that are just I'll don't like out. change, which I can accept. I mean, golf is very yeah. traditional, just yeah. like baseball. I agree yep. with that. So... so this leads to our next topic. Have you ever wondered if the professional athlete that you cheer for is wearing underwear? Well, we'll let you know who didn't for his entire career. That's coming up next on Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes on 92.5 FM. Girls just want to talk football. More Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. Now on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. I was. I told you I was you at the throwback cool station like last it. week. Yeah. Little in vogue, little outcast. I like it. I don't know the last time I heard this song. It's been years. High school. Go so I, like it. I don't think I know this song. Aww. We're just jamming to it. Who are you kidding? Well, I, I mean, it's a good song. That's so good. I like the beat. Who sings it? Oh. <laughs> You're adorable. Outcast. Oh, oh, well, I know Outcast. She just mentioned it. That's why she was saying oh. we're listening. <laughs> Maybe I should start paying attention. Why do I miss these? Because you're on your phone. Yeah. I wasn't even doing anything on my phone. You don't read your emails. <laughs> I do. Did you put Outcast on our. <laughs> All right. You could say yes and she would. I guarantee that everyone was trembling in wait to find out which professional athlete does not wear underwear because, you know, that's something that everyone thinks about when they're watching sports. I wonder right. if he or she is wearing underwear. Thanks, well, <laughs> <laughs> well Debar found a great story about the tennis star Andre Agassi, and he forgot his underwear for a major French Open. I think his first one, right? Uh-huh. And uh, he won. So therefore, he decided superstition wins and he ain't wearing underwear anymore. It was a great article because his coach was like, well, here, you can wear mine. He's like, yeah, no, no, not gonna. And then he said he's never played better. And so, yeah, he was free. And at the moment of the article, apparently he was commando at that time, too. And that's what I wish the story had come out while he was playing, because then he could have been nicknamed (laughs) Commando Agassi for years. And it would have been it would have been great. You know, is Agassi going to command the court? Well, you know, he's commando. You know, you can just hear (laughs) people like Chris Fowler talking about that, which I watched the um, little piece that he did on an ESPN colleague who passed away over the weekend. Mm -hmm. He actually passed away the night before the broadcast of the Australian Open. He was 36 years old, 
um, married with a two-year-old son and he died of a heart attack and oh was healthy. Gosh. Yeah, his Whoa. name is Ted Brown. And so um, I was, the reason I bring it up, I was amazed that Chris Fowler, if you watch it, was able to keep his composure. It, it's incredible the, to know that that happened. The wife had to be told, you know, across country or across countries and, you know, just obviously oh. awful situation. And he was able to really eloquently paint the picture um, of how great Ted was and you know in his job and also in his life and stuff like that so um yeah it went from commando agassi and giggles yeah, to a really not a good sad story yeah. um donna also found a story about <laughs> parents and their kids playing sports now i wonder if parents are gonna have their kids like try at least one game without underwear and then <laughs> be like did, did we win did all right work? well, well yeah. i mean when here before we get to that topic i mean one of the things i do wonder i have to say when i watch football and i'm like i really don't think he's wearing a cup wouldn't it be smart to wear a cup? No, most players don't wear cups. I know, and I don't know why. Because you would think it's that in they the way. Would, that's you would think the one part you would actually want to be protected would be that. Uh, I think if it was up to most players, they wouldn't even wear like shoulder pads or helmets. Fine. Yeah. Probably helmets. helmets I've heard helmets. Yeah. Um I mean, I, I, I just, can't speak because I don't know what it's I, like, but I've just heard that it gets in the way. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. That's just crazy. All right. So parents and kids in sports. Life is exiting out of the cup discussion. <laughs> Did your parents ever push you while you played sports as a youth? Did your parents ever push you to the point where you wanted to quit the sport? No. No, I was, but I was uh, in dance. So <laughs> you can still I know, get pushed I know, in dance. I know. Your dance feet is hurt. a sport, but um, when you say, you know, a sport, I don't automatically think my dance. Um no, but my dance teacher did. She pushed me to a point of you have to decide whether you're going to dance or you're going to cheer. Because, you know, once you get to that age, you're like, I want to cheerlead. Mm-hmm. And um, she would like the cheerleaders. Well, no, because it's fun and you want to hang out and, you, you know, it's peppy. Whereas dance yeah. a lot of times is very strict. Yes. And somber. And um, so she wouldn't let us. And it took my I think my junior year uh, finally. It was after two, you know, freshman, sophomore. Nope, nope. And then junior year, she's like, fine, whatever. I give in. Because parents a lot of days or a lot of times nowadays are attending practices. Mm -hmm. They're pushing their kids to or the coaches are, like you said, Donna, pushing their kids to only play one sport and not try a variety. They're really focusing in when the child is young on getting them extra training, whether it's personal training, whether it's agility training, things that didn't happen a long time ago, because obviously it can lead to a lot more money than it used to as well. So it, it made me really curious to see the experiences that y'all had when you were little. Bly, what about you? My dad was always, the whatever sport I decided to play, even up until adulthood, he's always been my coach. Um, so I've always sort of welcomed it. I mean, you have your moments when you get frustrated and you don't want to hear any advice mm-hmm. whatsoever. You just want to be alone in your frustration. Um, but he's always been my coach. And so I, 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 he's never pushed me. It was always just, okay, well, what sport do you want to play? Let's do it. And he was my coach in softball. Um, he wasn't my coach in high school swimming, but that, I mean, he still was right. on the sidelines sort of cheering me on. Um, but even like when we go golfing as adults, like he'll still tell me and I'll still get frustrated and I'll still <laughs> tell him to be quiet um, when I have my moments. But other, I mean, he never he's never pushed me into anything, but he's always been very supportive. And he's the, the type of dad that would not, whatever event that I was in, he would not miss it. Because one of the things that the article said is when kids get in the car after the sporting event, if they win or lose, they don't want to talk about it. When polled, they said, like, I don't I just want to move on. I don't want my whole life to be about that. 
And, you know, it makes you wonder, are parents like drilling it in and, and having these conversations at the worst possible times when they should really just talk about, you know, going to get ice cream or anything else and then let the kids really voluntarily bring it up and kind of navigate the conversation? <sighs> Man, know what about you? Um, I was never exceptionally talented at one sport, so I kind of you were really good at piano. Yeah, I played piano for ten years, but I was my parents were never pushy, so I did a little bit of everything. And like you said, Blythe, they were supportive, but they were never like, "You're so good." Except I played softball, and I quit right when I got good because I was getting bored because they kept putting me in the outfield. (laughs) Well, when you're like eleven years old and you play softball, no one hits it out there. But I started getting really good, and my parents wanted me to keep playing and I was like I'm too bored I can't so I quit but they never like pushed me to continue they just kind of argued and that was it um but I kind of wish they would have pushed me a little bit more just because maybe I would have found the one thing that I was super good at as far as sports um and maybe I wouldn't be such a terrible athlete today (laughs) not a terrible athlete Um, it's a fine line I think yeah terrible and bad (laughs) no Between pushing your kid to in, in yeah. order to to recognize, because my dad would always have pep talks in the middle of a game or after a game to let me know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, and I think there's a fine line between pushing your kid too hard and we're going to yeah. practice every single day and no free time, um, and legitimately wanting to help them. If the kid doesn't want to hear criticism, get used to it. Like I remember, there was a time where I hated tap. I couldn't get it. It was just too damn difficult for me. I'm like, I can't make all I these sounds with my tap. feet. That was my and I, I couldn't I couldn't get it. And I wanted to quit. I go, that's it. I don't want to be in tap anymore. And my mom tried to talk me out of it. And then she smartened up. And she's like, well, why don't you talk to your mentor? And I had this one girl at dance. This um, It was called the older dancers because, you know, they're always older than you. And I just, I copied all her stuff. I just loved her so much. So she talked to me about it and talked me out of it you know, talked me off the ledge of the tap, you know, uh, moment. And I'm so happy she did because then I ended up excelling in it. And you didn't tap out. I didn't tap out. <laughs> yeah. That's so, good. You know, they took the other out of why don't you talk to, you know, if I can't talk you out of it or if I'm not going to vince you out. Because when JT gets into stuff, you know, if he wants to leave something, that's fine. Not in the middle of the season. Yeah. You're going to finish it through. You're going to you have your commitment. You're going to keep doing it. And at the end, we'll discuss and see. How do you decide when your child is little what to put him in? Whatever his interests are. But how do you have an interest when you're three or even five? Like you just say, I want to play t-ball and you just put him in. Yeah. Like right now, um, I could tell you he he loves golf. He loves golf and baseball. Okay. I can tell, he doesn't swing like he should, but uh, he's three. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Yeah. I but, think you, you can figure it out by naturally, you know, just... Watching your kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My parents said I was a water baby from the time I was born. I loved baths and I just, mm-hmm. I loved the ocean. I always begged for a pool and they said, we have a pool. It's the ocean. It's a few <laughs> right. blocks away. Go swim there. But then, you know, when I learned about sharks, I got a little nervous. But um, I swam, you know, for years. And when I wanted to quit swimming, I remember my parents talking to me and saying, you know, you're really good at this. I, I don't think you should give it up. And, but they said, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. Cause I was also playing soccer and it becomes difficult to manage it all. But I look back now and I think they were so right. I was 11 years old. I didn't know what was best mm-hmm. for me, right. you know, quote unquote. I just knew that in swim practice, we had to run and do conditioning. And we hadn't started that yet in soccer. So that was obviously a con against swimming because I was on better swim teams at the time than I was on soccer teams. 
But the other con was in swim practice, other than kickboard, you don't get to talk. <laughs> I obviously, no, like we all do, don't. like to talk. <laughs> so that was the other, is I was like, I'm sure I told my parents like, oh, swimming's just too hard, you know, because practices were at 5 a.m. And my mom would like have to drive me through the McDonald's line after the second practice of the day because she told me that if I didn't eat like in the van on the way home, that I would get home and fall asleep and I wouldn't eat. And she knew that, you know, I wasn't going to get enough calories to, you know, replenish what I had just burned Swimming off for is hours. so intense. I mm-hmm. love it. But yes, I completely so agree. great. I did it for one year in high school because that's all I can do. <laughs> so hard. I'll never forget my first swim meet. I almost died. But you tried it, <laughs> and that's good. Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. I did it yeah. for a year. I was in the best shape of my life. I was also 16, so that's probably why I was in good shape. <laughs> well, and this is one of the one things I love about this article that we read. You know, they talk about how kids, and it was basically um, women's lacrosse. That's how this article started. And an eighth grader was being, you know, uh, courted and recruited for college already. And it's like, come on. Yeah, they're talking about. Yeah, it's insane. And that's why this article is all about how to make your kids hate sports. And you're not really trying to make them hate it. And it's just you're pushing them in just one sport and you have to dominate the sport and just keep it at that. And I remember I don't remember who the Jag player was that we spoke to. But he said because he played multiple sports, this is how he got so good. I remember yeah. who you're talking about. It, was it Brian Walters that said that? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he said he played basketball, football, and baseball, I'm pretty sure. Maybe. And yeah. he said all of a sudden his hands started getting better, like with catching and his hand-eye right. coordination was all in sync. And Yep. So, yeah. I will say, though, that a lot of the sports leagues nowadays, especially the young kids, it's all like in, in the softball world and baseball, it's all travel teams. Mm-hmm. Because the park that I played at was one of the last few like community home parks where it was just neighborhood kids that paid to play. And our softball team could only play against travel teams. So we got smoked every single game. And sometimes they would come through and try to recruit some of our, like uh, our only good players. Um, but I think that that's sort of changed drastically. Hey, I don't brown think. Hair. Hey, brown hair. <laughs> Want to come got, play for us? We got a better team. <laughs> but there's no, I think it's so cutthroat competitive now that it takes away a lot of the fun that's yeah. involved with playing sports. So that's a little bit sad, but I mean, what can you do? There, the there's things, so much money to be made. Oh, absolutely. One of the things I'm so thankful for is my parents let me try virtually every sport. Yeah. So there's there's literally nothing. Well, lacrosse wasn't really around as much then. And I not wish hockey, it was. Gosh, I would have loved to play that. Yeah, you would have probably been really good at that. Um, you like to bruise people up and yeah, stuff. But Amanda. <laughs> Rough them up. But, Amanda, um, <laughs> don't get near me. <laughs> my favorite softball story. So I only played softball for one year, and it was because they really needed a pitcher. I had never thrown a softball ever. <laughs> And so my dad's like, I'll teach you, you know, we'll go out in the front yard and we'll earn street. We didn't have a yard really. Um, it was all like palm fronds and trees. Anyway, so we, we would throw the ball and he's like, gosh, you know, you really need to practice. <laughs> and, um, long story short, I'm pitching in a game. We're playing a team that is far better than us, like light years better. It gets to literally like, the point where it's almost like we should have just forfeited. I think it was like 32 to nothing, <gasps> right? Oh my God, they well, do have mercy st- rules. Yeah, well, they, they, I was really bad. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't just me, like our what team. Was your ERA that game. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Well, so I, I, I hit the ball for like one of the first times. So I'm actually like excited about something and I make it around to third base. And, you know, you have your softball helmets on. So the guy leans over and says to me, man, they should have really taken that pitcher out a while back. <laughs> me and he was like oh i'm sorry and i was like you know what this is my only year playing this sport okay everyone else has been pitching their whole life and they're way better but um 
obviously the there bloodlines no one else. are different because my cousin just got a scholarship. My um, uh, cousin that goes to Episcopal just got a scholarship to play at Queens, play softball. Wow. Um, yeah, so she obviously nice. she's one of those people who was good yeah. yeah, and has played fast pitch softball her whole life and her mom played and everything. So she had that training, whereas I should never have played that sport. But anyway, I, I loved getting to try out different sports like tennis and mm-hmm. volleyball mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's so fun. It so I think fun. that's the, the message for parents who are listening is... Definitely read the article. Um, it is found on CNN. CNN, yeah, CNN, and then search um, youth, youth sports, yeah, and then you should be able to find it and parents and stuff. And uh, you know, let your kids have fun while playing, but also don't let them quit. That is our message to you. All right, you're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes. We will check in with Fat Tony on a Fat Tuesday next on ninety-two point five FM.